Greetings, friends. It's time for Bible College by Radio, brought to you from the campus of African Bible College. How great is our God? How great is His word? He's the greatest one that ever was heard. He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea. And now for today's lesson, here is Mrs. Nell Chinchin. Welcome to Bible College by Radio. Now you know when I was a little girl and our family used to go for vacation time to visit my grandparents, we always enjoyed our time at the beach. I had four brothers and uh, they would like to swim in the ocean and make sand castles in the sand and maybe take some plank and ride the waves. But then we would travel back to our home and usually reach home in the night. But as we would drive up to our house, my littlest brother would always say, home is best. Well, our lesson today in Hebrews chapter 3 is going to say, Jesus is best. We're going to see why Jesus is better than Moses, better than Joshua, better than the angels. And this chapter is also going to take us back into the book of Numbers, where we saw Moses leading the children of Israel to the promised land. We're going to compare Moses to Christ and see that Jesus is better than Moses. But before we look at this very interesting section of Scripture, Ganwo, uh, please go over our last lesson with our correspondent students. Oh, I'll be happy to, Mrs. Chinchin. In our last lesson in Hebrews chapter 2, we talked about how we are created in the image of God and how Adam and Eve uh, spoiled that image by their sin of rebelling against God. Well, Ganwo, did God leave us in that condition? Oh, no, he did not, uh, Mrs. Chinchin. You said that little word, but, is a key word in this chapter. But God sent his son to die for us so that we need no longer be under the fear of death, which keeps human beings in bondage. That's true, Ganwo. As a Christian, we need no longer fear death. We can look beyond what we see with our eyes and see Jesus. But amazingly, some people refuse to accept that free gift of eternal life and choose instead separation from God. What is the result of that, Ganwo? Well, if a person chooses separation from God in this life, then instead of receiving eternal life, 
he will suffer eternal death. Now that seems pretty foolish, doesn't it, that anyone would refuse eternal life. We're going to see, however, that human beings can act some kind of way sometimes as we look at these Jews who were with Moses. But before we get into our lesson for today in Hebrews chapter 3, which is lesson 3 for those of you who are taking the correspondence course, uh, I'd like for Ganmo to share these letters with us. You have one there from Freetown. Dear Christian friends, I have been a regular listener to Bible College by radio since 1981. I have benefited greatly from the courses I am digging deep into the, uh, God's Word, the spiritual truth. I must commend Reverend and Mrs. Chin Chin for the marvelous work you have been doing in the countries of Africa. Since I started listening to Bible College by radio, my knowledge of God's Word has increased. I thus have boldness in witnessing, and I just praise God for African Bible College. I am living in Freetown, and one thing I have noticed is a large explosion of false teachings in nearly every corner of the city. I just want to thank Reverend and Mrs. Chin Chin because you have done a lot in this connection, teaching the clear word of God so that false teachers can be easily identified. Just as the scripture says, he that hath not Christ hath not God. I am pleased to inform Reverend Chin Chin that Bible College by Radio has taught me to carefully analyze and evaluate everything in the light of the scripture, even what is proclaimed by most brilliant men, since eloquence is no substitute for truth. I pray that God may bless and keep you and the entire ABC staff from injury for those who operate printing equipment, <laughs> you can name the rest, to be in good health. I believe there are others who take care of scripts, correspondence, grading of lessons, and may God bless them all, for their efforts have made African Bible College by radio possible. I even pray for the regular boarding students of African Bible College who are now equipping themselves with God's word for the expansion of the gospel, yours in Christ. Well, Gonmo, that is one of the finest letters that we have ever received here at Bible College by radio. And, uh, you know, I'm going to share that with our students tomorrow at our chapel service. I believe that they would like to know that our Bible College by radio students are praying for them as they are studying here the Word of God under different circumstances. And uh, certainly we do appreciate that letter. One of the things that uh, Reverend Chin Chin and I noticed when we visited uh, Freetown uh, in Sierra Leone was the wonderful uh, depth of the students there, the Christian life that they were living, and many, many of them uh, had a strong commitment to Christ and a real understanding of the Word of God. And, and Reverend Chin Chin and I were really impressed with that. But we know that our young friend here has seen perhaps things that we didn't have the opportunity to see, and that is the danger of false teachers. And they are lurking on every corner. They're here in other parts of Africa and all around the world. One of the courses that our students take here is uh, world religions or comparative religious philosophies where they can understand and uh, study uh, the different uh, false teachings even here in Africa, which helps them to be prepared and to understand more about the problems that face the young people that are deceived by these false teachers. So we just thank you for that letter, and uh, we will be sharing it with our student body here. Uh, Gamo, you have another one from Monrovia. Dear Mrs. Chin Chin, I wish to commend you for your wonderful teaching in these courses. I was greatly happy when I got them. Let me assure you that I enjoy every minute spent with you on the radio. 
I have found your teaching to be quite clear and understandable. And this is all we need for learning. Your teaching promises Africa strength for Christian living. I am so much interested in taking more of your courses at all times. May God be with you all. Truly your correspondent student. All right. Well, I appreciate uh, our students' perseverance there. It is discouraging when you uh, miss the mail or when your lessons don't get back in time or when you don't get them in in time. But students, don't let that discourage you because you are gaining, even as you write down those answers and listen carefully for those answers, you're going to have a greater understanding of the lessons that are taught uh, than if you just listen and don't take the time to follow the uh, the lesson sheets. So don't be discouraged if you don't get a prize every time or, or don't complete the lessons every time. Write in again for the next series and continue to take the lessons and you will really grow in Christ. I might just mention too in the letter preceding that one, Ganwo, where our friend was talking about the other people that help in the Bible College uh, by radio department. There are a lot. We do have uh, those who have to uh, take care of the mailing of the lessons, the grading of the lessons, the printing of the lessons, the typing of the lessons, and uh, it really is uh, a great deal of work here, and we have some fine uh, students helping us uh, in these departments, and we just praise the Lord for each one of them, and uh, we just thank you for remembering them in prayer, too. So as we pray together, uh, we do have a lot to thank the Lord for today, and uh, let's just bow together for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the encouragement that you give us through these letters. Every time we receive a letter from one of our listeners, it just warms our heart to realize that the Word of God is going out clearly. We thank you for the radio station that makes it possible for the Word to be heard in so many places here in Africa. And we pray that you will bless the people there as this goes out over the air. And then, Lord, we would ask that as the students sit down today to listen to the lesson, that you give them listening ears, give them the quietness that they need, and uh, open up their understanding. And as our friend has written from Sierra Leone, we would pray for those who perhaps are deceived by false teachers, that maybe even today they might realize how wonderful Jesus Christ is and that without him there is no eternal life. There's no Christianity without Christ. And so uh, may we focus our attention on him and lift up our eyes to see him in a new and a wonderful way today. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now we begin this third chapter of Hebrews, lesson three now, for those of you who are taking the correspondence courses, with a wonderful admonition. Consider Jesus. Think about Jesus. Remember Jesus. Look at verse 1. So then, brethren, consecrated and set apart for God, who share in the heavenly calling, thoughtfully and attentively consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess as ours when we embrace the Christian faith. Now, I'm reading some of these verses, uh, students, out of the Amplified Version of the Bible uh, because I think we can get a better sense there. But you can follow along in whatever version that you have. Now, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 5, we read, Remember then from what heights you have fallen. Repent. Change the inner man to meet God's will and do the works that you did previously when you knew the Lord or else I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place. 
unless you change your mind and repent. And over in chapter 3, verse 3, we read in the same book of Revelation now, So call to mind the lessons that you received and heard. Continually lay them uh, to heart and obey them and repent. In case you will not rouse yourself and keep awake and watch, I will come upon you like a thief, and you will not know or su suspect at what hour I will come. Now this is saying we need to constantly be reminded that we have been saved, that Jesus himself has called us out as a people for God, even as Moses called out those Jews from the bondage of the Egyptians. And so verse 1 in Hebrews tells us to consider Jesus. And then verse 2, remember how faithful he has been to God, even as Moses was faithful. Look at verse 2. See how faithful he was to him who appointed him, as Moses was also faithful to the whole household of God. And yet we read in verse 3 now that Jesus deserves greater honor than Moses. Look at verse 3. Yet Jesus has been considered worthy of as much greater honor and glory than Moses as the builder of a house has much more honor than the house itself. For of course every house is built and furnished by someone. But um, the builder of all things and the furnisher of everything is God. And Moses certainly was faithful in the administration of all God's house. We read this in verse 5. But it was only as a ministering servant. But Christ the Messiah was faithful over his own father's house as a son and master of it. And it is we who are now members of this house if we hold fast and firm to the end uh, of our triumph and our hope in Christ. And so we see that uh, Moses was faithful. We read that back in Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. My servant Moses is faithful over all my house. But Christ is better than Moses. Because we go on to read uh, in verse 7, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as happened in the rebellion of Israel, where your fathers tried my patience and tested me and fa found I stood their test and they saw my works. For 40 years. Now, because of who Christ is and for what he has done, now we're told that we must not harden our hearts as the Israelites did. Uh, now, God, well, what happened when Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness, uh, when Moses was with them there in the wilderness, what the scriptures are referring to here? Well, we read about that back in Numbers chapter 14, Mrs. Chinchin. Those children made complaint against God, I mean, against Moses. They didn't trust God either. And we're always making grumble. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, before we go on then in our lesson in Hebrews chapter 3, uh, let's just turn back and get this story clear in our minds so we can understand what we're reading here. Okay. Now, we're turning back to Numbers chapter 14. And if you want to follow along with us, you can. But uh, we want to see here what happened that they keep referring to uh, here in Hebrews. All right. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said to him, Oh, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt! Oh, would God we had died in this wilderness! And why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, and our wives and our children should be a prey? It would have been better for us to return to Egypt. 
And they said to one another, Let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt. Now you see the people are talking strong now against God and against Moses. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun uh, and Caleb the son of Jeconiah who were with them, they searched the land, they tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the company of the children of Israel saying, The land which we pass through to search it is a good land. If the Lord delight in us, and he will bring us to this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord. Neither fear you the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But all the congregation demanded to stone them with stones. Now, can you believe that, class? Hmm. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people provoke me? How long will it be before they believe me? For all the signs which I have shown among them, I will smite them with a pestilence and disinherit them, will make of you a greater nation and mightier than they. Now God is saying, I'm finished with these people. I'm tired of the way they can be. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, then the Egyptians will hear it, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that you, Lord, are among this people, that you, Lord, are seeing face to face, and that your cloud stands over them, and that you go before them by day in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire at night. Now, if you kill all these people as one man, then the nations which have heard about you will talk, saying, because the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land which he swore to give to them, therefore he slain them in the wilderness. Oh, so Moses said, I beseech you, God, I beg you, let the power of, your, of you be great according as you have spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children of the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beg you, the sin of this people according to the greatness of your mercy, and as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now now so Moses is begging God he's reminding God that he has a reputation for being long suffering and patient and so he says please forgive them and the Lord said I have pardoned them according to your word but truly as I live all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord because all those men who have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me the, to the test now these ten times and have not listened to my voice surely they shall not See the land which I swore to give to their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. Now you see now, God is saying, none of those people that talked against him and against Moses was going to get to go in to the promised land. Because he goes down here and he says in verse 27, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who murmur against me, who make complaint against me? I have heard their complaining of the children of Israel would say murmur against me and so the Lord says that they will die in the wilderness and they will not go into the promised land and so we see that God was vexed with these people because they made too many complaints I think it must be a terrible sin to make grumble against God, Mrs. Chinchin. You are right, Gonmo. When we complain against God because of what is happening in our lives, it means we're not really trusting Him. Now let's go back to our lesson in Hebrews where we read in, in verse 9. 
where he's still talking about this uh, business of the children of Israel uh, in the wilderness. And he says, Where your fathers tried my patience and tested my forbearance, and I found I stood their test. They saw my works for 40 years. And so I was provoked with that generation. And I said, They always err and are led astray in their hearts. They've not recognized my ways. And so I swore in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Now, God, well, have you read that section of Scripture somewhere else in the Bible? <laughs> yes, Mrs. Tintin. In Psalms chapter 95. Uh, why don't you read those verses for us in Psalm 95, uh, beginning with verse 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as at Meribah, and as at Massa in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tried my patience and, tr and tested me, proved me, and saw my work of judgment, Forty years long was I grieved and disgusted with that generation, and said it was it is a people that do err in their heart, and they do not approve, acknowledge, or regard my ways. Wherefore I swore in my wrath that they should not enter the land of promise and rest. All right, so we see what a warning this is to us. And then look at verse 12. He says, Beware, brethren, take care. Take time now. Lest there be in any of you a wicked and unbelieving heart which refuses to trust and rely in God, leading you to turn away uh, from the living God. But instead, warn and admonish one another every day while it is called today that none of you may be hardened into rebellion by the deceitfulness of sin. For uh, we know that an unbelieving heart now is a very dangerous thing as we read in the scriptures here. And we're told to continually warn one another before it's too late. God, well, why do you think that this reminder is given to us here about the Jews not being allowed to enter the promised land? What does that have to do with our lesson today, really? I think it is to show us uh, how serious it is not to believe God. Because we saw in verse 12 that we should beware lest we have an unbelieving heart. An unbelieving heart is a heart that has hardened itself against God. Isn't it seen in our lives, Mr. Chin that makes our hearts hard against God? Yes, it is, Ganwo. But like that little girl I was telling you about, she was not committing any outward sins that she could be accused of. Her sin was one of unbelief. And that's the very worst possible sin in God's sight. Now, the next two verses repeat this warning. In verse 14, we have become followers with Christ the Messiah and share in all that he has for us. If we only hold our firstborn confidence and original expectation firm and unshaken to the end, then while it is still called today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the desert when the people provoked and irritated God against them. Now, we can then ask the question, who were they that heard and yet were rebellious and provoked God? All those who came out of Egypt led by Moses. We read that right here in verse 16, Mrs. Chin-Chin. Right, Donwell. And with whom was God vexed for 40 years? In verse 17 uh, answers that too. Those who sinned and whose dead bodies were left in the desert. And to whom did he swear that they should not enter his rest? <laughs> verse 18 answers that question. To them that believed not, who would not obey his word. And so we see this chapter ends with these words. We see now that they were not able to enter into God's rest, into that promised land, because of their unwillingness to believe God. Unbelief had shut them out. 
And so we see that it was the unbelief of that generation that came out of Egypt that did not enter the promised land, the land of Canaan, the land of plenty and rest, because of their unbelief. Now what we're going to see as we continue our study in this book of Hebrews is that this is exactly what can happen to people today. They refuse to believe God, they refuse to trust him, and they die in their sins. Not only that, but even in this life, they miss out on all the blessings, on all the joy, on all the peace, on the rest that comes to the people of God who put their trust in him. And I think too, Mrs. Chinchin, of those Israelites just wandering around in the desert for 40 years. They weren't just going anywhere. If they had just believed God, they would have just gone right into that promised land. That sounds pretty foolish, doesn't it, Gonwell? And yet, strangely enough, there are people like that today who wander around all their lives going nowhere, up and down, simply because they do not trust God enough to put their life into his hands and let him lead them. They never enter into the fullness of life that God has for them. You know, here at African Bible College, uh, we have a lot of young people. And I can always tell those who have fully committed their lives to Christ, who are really trusting God, they have a sense of purpose. They know where they're going. And then there are those who are holding back that are afraid that if they surrender to Christ that they might miss out on some big position, some high-paying job. So they hold on to the reins of their own life, trusting God a little bit, maybe enough to study Bible at a Bible college, but not enough to give their life totally over to God and believe that he has a wonderful plan for their life. You know, Ganwo, the interesting thing that we see here is that the Jews never, ever got to put their eye on that promised land. I am sure that if they had seen all that was there waiting for them, they would have said, Oh, yes, God. Oh, yes, God. We believe you. But God doesn't work that way. He wants us to believe without seeing. If we see, then no faith is required. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Christian lives in this life with one eye on a heavenly eternal home that he's never seen and the other eye on a Savior who died on the cross for them that they've never seen. But we believe that Jesus took our sins on himself on that cross, and we believe that we will live with him forever. Not only that, but right now, today, we live trusting him to lead us moment by moment and to show us moment by moment what his will is for our life. Oh, my friend, as the scripture has said today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Believe God. Trust Christ as your Savior today. Well, thank you, friends, for listening again to Bible College by Radio. May God bless you and keep you in all your ways.